Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. So 33%, and again, me coming from Indian background, I love sharing this, is 33% of it is our destiny, period. Okay, it is there. It's just the way it is. So I won't talk much about that anymore. I think it's kind of self-explanatory. The other 33% is what are we doing about it? Are we just going to say this is destiny and it's just bad luck and leave it? Or are we actually wanting to evolve and see what our part is. The last 33%, the other 33% is the feng shui tools. We've realized something is not 100%. We are doing something about it. But what is that something? That is the 33% that then I take over. And the way that we use that as an example is the seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, I chat with Meena Jackpal Pare about some really interesting and powerful themes uh, within the uh, world of feng shui, such as the energetics, financial abundance, uh, how your space influences how you think, how your emotions, and ultimately your life. And I know that a lot of us have been intrigued and fascinated by uh, feng shui, maybe some vashtu shastra as well. But overall, the energetics of space and how your home, your office space, and all of that those things where you spend a lot of your time 
influences your life in ways that you might not even realize. So that's what we're going to dive deep into today, which I'm really, really fascinated about. So if you like this episode, if you like our show, and if you like the work that we do, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your iPhone or hit follow on Spotify and make sure that you tell a friend about this episode because there's going to be a lot of takeaways and things that you can apply into your life right away today, right? So uh, I hope you are ready. With that being said, let's bring on our special guest, Meena Jagpal Pare, classical feng shui master, energy clearing guide, spiritual mentor, and manifesting coach. Meena works with people in person throughout Vancouver, BC, which is a city where I'm based, as well as virtually around the world. She helps people unlock their greatest potential, dramatically up-leveling their lives and manifesting their greatest dreams. And through a unique mix of ancient feng shui wisdom, energetic cleansing, and deep spiritual guidance and support, her clients' clients' lives blossom and transform into the most magnificent ways imaginable. So, Meena, it's really nice to have you on our show. Thank you, Aditya. I, I am blessed. I am blessed. Thank you. Any chance I get to spread the word of energy, I make mm-hmm. myself available and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, so I have so many questions to ask you, so many themes to explore, but I think I'll start from the very beginning. Uh, where were you born and brought up and what was your childhood like? Because I know that you spent some time in Philippines as well, right? which I did not know before, but I learned it more recently. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, uh, I belong to an Indian family, my, uh, to the Sikh origin. And yes, I was born in Philippines. And I was six when I was sent back to uh, live with my grandparents. At the time, it didn't seem like, uh, you know, the, the best decision but uh, on my parents' part. But little did I know that it was going to evolve into this. So from the age of six to 13, I studied in India, right in Punjab. And um, that's when I got to know about this beautiful culture that I, I come from. So yeah, and uh, I've been in Canada since since age of 13, but very much Indian at, at heart. Got it. But your family was still in Philippines while you were in India? Yes, yes. My mom and dad, I'm the the oldest of three siblings and uh, my grandparents were alone. And, you know, it's a cultural thing where uh, the obligation is to the parents. So my dad felt that uh, he didn't want to leave his, his aging parents alone. He felt that if there was a little child bubbling bouncing around it would bring uh, you know energy into their lives and and I think I did <laughs> I was a pretty good child but never the case okay. nevertheless you know it is still uh, taking care of a six-year-old so I was there from age six to 13 and I was blessed to be raised by just very loving grandparents and um, got to know them like my own parents yeah mm-hmm and then we Amazing. all immigrated into Canada together as a family. That was one of the conditions by the immigration officer. So I got here okay. when I was 13. Got it. And so uh, how was your life in India from ages 6 to 13? And what uh, influence did that play in your upbringing? It was uh, it was an eye-opening experience. Uh, I've done inner child workshops since. I've had time to revisit my own childhood over the years. And uh, as I said briefly before, at the time, you know, um, 
even though my parents were loving, uh, sorry, my grandparents were loving and just beautiful souls at the time, I still miss not being with my parents and my siblings. But, uh, you know, I, I was meant to, to explore the culture and to be brought up in that holistic environment in a village. You know, I, I left when I was in kindergarten and being chauffeured in a uniform in Philippines to all the way in a village and sitting on the ground and, and learning with the locals. And it was it was an adjustment. I must mm-hmm. say, I mean, when I revisit that time frame, it was an adjustment. I didn't speak a word of Punjabi at the time. And in grade three, we also learned Hindi. So, you know, both right. of the languages were new to me. But, um, you know, when children are, are uh, placed in a situation, they adapt quickly. And, and so did I. Got it. And you speak five languages, is that correct? Yes. Which languages do you speak? Yes. Uh, well, Punjabi and Hindi, of course, and then there's English. Yeah. But then uh, there's, I, w- I would say four and a half. <laughs> there's Tagalog, okay. which is the Philippines language. And okay. I love that culture. I love the people. I always mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, whenever you run into them, they're always smiling and bubbly. I love the Filipino culture. And uh, so Tagalog. Mm-hmm. And then there's Urdu. Urdu. I'm very oh, much into okay. Shairi, Ghazals, Kavalis, the, the Indian poetry. So, and, you know, mm-hmm. those words are deep and I've picked them up over the years. And uh, I pride in, in the fact that I can converse in Urdu as well. Got it. So when you said half, are you referring to Urdu or Tagalog? Tagalog. <laughs> okay. That I didn't spend too much time there. I had since gone back, spent another couple of years. But, uh, you know, if, if I was given an opportunity, the dialect is very similar. A lot of the words are from Spanish. So if I was ever, if I had an opportunity in my life, I would definitely develop that more. But I mm-hmm. understand it fluently. Got it, got it. Yeah, I also think Philippines is a beautiful culture, great food, as well as uh, beautiful language as well. And especially, I think, in Vancouver, there are so many Filipinos, right? So maybe you get an opportunity to mm-hmm. practice <laughs> some of the... some in, of your... in Winnipeg, in Toronto, and uh, yeah. in my previous career, too, I, were, I had the privilege of working with, uh, with them as well. So I love their energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so how did you come across uh, Feng Shui? The practice, the art form, the modality, when did that happen and how was it introduced into your life? Yes, that takes me back to 26 years ago. Um, When -hmm. things are meant to be, they will somehow Mm -hmm. show up in your life and it's really up to us. I truly feel when the timing is right, we get gentle nudge. But, uh, you know, and for me, it, it was totally meant to be. So let me share my feng shui journey with you. My son was born 26 years ago and uh, my my youngest of the three. And um, at the time, we didn't have the privilege of, you know, when we're curious about something, going on Google and just searching things. So somehow I stumbled across a coffee table book. And oh, okay. it's a large size book, you know, coffee table book. And it's been on my coffee at my just at my coffee table since. And life happened. I went through different uh, stages of life and uh, different houses. And, mm-hmm. you know, at Christmas time in the Western world, we clear away the decorations and we place Christmas stuff out. So then somehow, you know, it, it would get the decorations would be packed away and the book would be back on the coffee table for another 11 months. It was just, it stayed with me. I myself 
slowly got into it more and more, started to apply some of the things. There was Western feng shui. Western feng shui, I'll, I'll shed light on it later on, but it's simplified. And so it was easy mm-hmm. to follow. And um, I then in my life, over the span of 12 years, had three different consultations done. You know, I uh, I was on my own. Then I went in, into a relationship. So one of the energy reset and had another consultation five years later and then another one. But it was the last one that was classical feng shui that really resonated with me. And mm-hmm. I knew it was a matter of time. I was um, right. very, very close with my father. So I would share mm-hmm. with him periodically my desire as well. Interesting. So then the uh, introduction to feng shui sort of took like 10 years, right? How, how long did you mention? It uh, took a long time. Longer, 15? 15, 15 years. So it was like, yes. you know, something resonated and then maybe you went back to your life and then something, and then you come back to feng shui once again. And the third time, like they say, yeah, it makes all the difference, right? Yeah. For, uh, you know, firsthand that in the Indian culture, we're, we're somehow in the background where we have exposure to astrology. And Mm -hmm. so this is all the realm of energy. I wear an astrology ring as well. I have been, uh, you know, over the years. And so this was just a a progression that was meant to be over time. Right. That's very interesting. So um, what is the difference between classical feng shui and Western feng shui? Mm -hmm. So at the time, I didn't know. I was sourcing out the person that I felt connected with and I would follow their suggestions. But then, and I would share with my father, he was always fascinated with my stories and, and my biggest cheerleader. (laughs) And um, then I lost him. I lost him eight years ago. And um, I truly feel to this day that he's my, my angel that's given me the nudge to say, Okay, Mina, you know, enough talking about this, uh, look into it further. So I was a flight attendant, full-time flying at the time for uh, about 15 years and um, put my career on hold, sourced out, where am I going to get this training? There is so much out there. That's when I discovered the difference between classical feng shui and Western feng shui. And uh, Western feng shui, um, in a nutshell, is is feng shui that's brought into North America in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's simplified. It's I'll give you an example. The best way for me to explain it is astrology. So when we want to find out our, our horoscope back in the day, we would just look in a newspaper or a magazine. And nowadays uh, we look online and say, okay, this is how my week's going to transpire or my month's going to transpire. It's pretty general. Mm-hmm. Gemini will yeah. be this and Aries will be this and so on. But mm-hmm. when we want actual astrology reading, we source out a legit astrologer. Then they ask us for place of birth, date of birth, and most importantly, time of birth, right down Mm -hmm. to the minute. 
That's what classical feng shui is. It is not the oh. draw nine squares. The back square would be, you know, your back left square is your prosperity. The back right square is is your love and relationship. That's great if somebody wants to keep it simple. They're following the and again, keep in mind half of these are tools. The other half is the intention people place it with. So if they mm-hmm. they they come across that, great. But classical feng shui is very precise. We take the square footage of the dwelling, whether it's a home or business. We take what year was the roof sealed. That's when the energy is sealed within. What year was the house constructed and the roof was placed. Then we get the the occupants living in, in the home, but most importantly, the compass direction. That's when it's... 350.1 or is it 350.9 that's what the difference is with classical feng shui not everybody's back end will be prosperity or love and relationship it could be in their furnace room for all they know and so my virtual compass is very precise sometimes i have to take six seven eight readings to get that accuracy because it's right at the borderline of is it falling in the south or southwest and the entire case study is compiled from that. Right. What happens to somebody who says, I sort of know that I was born at 6 o'clock in the morning, but I'm not sure if it was 6.10 or 5.50. Okay. First of all, that's astrology. Does that, I was just using does that, that as an example. But no, I, I, okay. have, I have come across that. Actually, I'll give you my own example. Right. My birth certificate is from Philippines. So I am mm-hmm. one of the lucky few that actually has the time right on it. Because even in Canada okay. back in the day, they didn't put the time on. Apparently. They didn't put the date. Okay. Time, right? yeah. So mm-hmm. my birth certificate, because it's a few years old by now, it started to show its age. So mm-hmm. we cannot make out if it's 6.03 p.m. or 6.08 p.m. Mm-hmm. So what the astrologers, this is a great way for me to find out who am I uh, communicating with, they work backwards. It's the same thing in feng shui when we don't know the age of the home. Was it constructed in 1955 or 57? We start to work backwards. If it was 55, this, this, and this would have transpired. Did this happen to you or the occupants of the house? If it was 57, then we start to backwards and say, okay, this is the year. So we have our own way of finding out. Got it. So based on the exact time, and even if it's like two minutes, there are certain things that can or might not happen to you. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. In astrology, yes. Yeah. It depends, though. I mean, sometimes the planets don't shift for 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? But if you're on the borderline, yes. So feng shui mm-hmm. is just like that. If it's 350.1 versus 0.7, if it's right on yeah. the borderline, that's when we have to start to say, okay, which scenario mm-hmm. are they falling in? Then do the case study entirely on that. Interesting. So uh, I'm sure somebody listening to this might be wondering as well about the origins of feng shui. Can you speak to a little bit about the origins? Because a lot of people know that it sort of stems from China. Mm -hmm. Uh, But are we going back to the 
kings and queens in China in the palatial, you know, uh, yes. rooms and quarters and palaces. Yes. Were they the ones that first were using f- uh, feng shui? Yes, it actually originated over 5,000 years ago. So that's the dynasty mm-hmm. that we refer to. And uh, I was one of the lucky few that was selected two years ago to actually go spend a month there. And Which part? In, in China. And yeah. just before the wall shut down in October of 2019, I was there to get my advanced certification from there. So I got to visit the temples. I got to to visit from the shrines and temples of where feng shui originated all the way up to the 300-story buildings in Shanghai. It's it's vast. It's everywhere in China. And they practice it. I mean, since then, it's uh, for years now, it's evolved into the rest of the world too. But you can see they eat feng shui, they breathe feng shui, they live feng shui. It's beautiful. Beautiful energy everywhere. Right. Yeah. Action Tribe, we're going to take a few moments to thank our sponsors because they are supporting us today. Action Tribe, are you looking for a cool gift to impress your parents, grandparents, or your loved ones? A really great choice comes from the sponsor of today's episode, mylifeinabook.com. They offer a fun way to get to know your loved ones better, collect timeless memories for future generations, and bring the family together. It's simple. You select from a series of fun and exciting questions that you wouldn't think to ask, such as, what's the funniest memory you've had of your siblings? Or do you have a secret that you never told your own parents? And then it gets emailed to them and they write an answer and you can even attach a meaningful photo. This happens every week and at the end of one year, they all get a compiled and printed in a beautiful keepsake book and you can get copies for all your family members if you want and to make sure that you preserve it digitally in case something happens to the physical copies you can also get it in an audio format with mylifeinabook.com you can show your loved ones that they are meaningful to the family and help build their legacy i wish i had tried it with my mom before she departed in 2021 she would have definitely loved it because we were so close. If this speaks to you, Action Tribe, then make sure you create this experience for your family. To save $10 off your first purchase, use the discount code HEAL2022. That's H-E-A-L-2022 to get $10 off on M-Y-L-I-F-E-I-N-A-B-O-O-K.com. Once again, to save $10 of your first purchase, use discount code HEAL2022 at mylifeinabook.com. Action Tribe, this is a special experience. And now back to our episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's that's very interesting. And uh, one of the questions I had was in terms of influence, because if you think about it, uh, if you look at uh, meditation, Zen meditation in Japan stems from Chan in, in China and Chan stems from Dhyan meditation in India, right? So the origins are in India. If you look at Qigong, we all think Qigong, yeah, it's predominantly in China. But if you really think about it, you go back into history, you, you find out that there's this person called Bodhidharma who went to China and he was the one who either inculcated it, taught them, or maybe popularized Qigong mm-hmm. in China. And then you have something like Vastu Shastra, which is very popular in India, right? Yes. Uh, so... Is there any interconnectedness between Vastu Shastra and Feng Shui or did they evolve independently of each other? Okay, I don't know which came first, to be honest, okay. but I do know of both practices. So Vastu okay. Shastra, as, as you know, it's it's practiced in, in, in the cities in India, mostly, if not mm-hmm. in the smaller towns and villages as well. And it's mm-hmm. been around for, for a long, long time as well. Having said that, I had the option when I was exploring, because as you know, we live in Vancouver and uh, I have many clients that are aware of Vastu Shastra. But um, the reason I chose classical feng shui, one, I like to be very precise and I love working with numbers and getting not just general information of, okay, the front door is facing east, the kitchen should be in the south and the bedrooms here, the the prayer corner in the northeast. And that's great. It's a beautiful start. Okay. And I use that in my calculations as well. I've combined so many modalities into my practice. Vastu Shastra's reference is definitely one of them. Having said Mm. that, for me, it was not about what happens to the house that's not facing east, the other three directions. Mm -hmm. I have many people that I work with, um, uh, realtors and so on, even in Ontario, that get their clients to call me and say, Mina, we've sourced out a beautiful home for this client. And um, they, you know, it fits the budget, fits the layout, the requirements, the area, but it's not facing east. Mm -hmm. So for me, the reason I decided on classical feng shui was, and you'll hear me say this often in my recordings and in my public speaking, is there is a solution for almost everything. So if the house is not facing east, no problem. Let's see what the numbers are. Where are your prosperity numbers? Where's the relationship numbers? What needs help? Let's place the tools and let's get working on it. That's why Mm -hmm. you see me so passionate about 
classical feng shui. So to go back to your question about Vastu Shastra, I respect it. I respect all modalities. I try to work with them. But at the end of the day, I'm solution oriented. Mm -hmm. How do you figure out a person's uh, prosperity number? Is that what you said? It's not. Is that something that is not the person's prosperity number? It's the home's prosperity areas. Mm, It's in the southeast for prosperity, money, abundance, savings, and it is in the north when it comes to career. Now that's pretty general, so people can look online, and then they have every phone nowadays has a a compass, and where is my north, and so on. But then Mm -hmm. they've they've been able to figure it out, but. Classical feng shui, the tools adjust every 12 months, just like the planets evolve in astrology. And Mm -hmm. we place the tools, we just shift them every 12 months. We do calculations and we shift them. So Mm -hmm. if it was a water fountain was needed last year in the prosperity area or career area, it doesn't mean we place it there once and we forget about it. What if there was a fire remedy needed this year? Meantime, that water sitting there has been putting the fire out and we don't even know about it. So we shift the remedies every 12 months. But it is I work in classical feng shui on the space not Mm -hmm. on the person. And that benefits everybody living in that space, in those four walls. So the space has a particular prosperity number as well. Yes, yes, yes. So in a nutshell, uh, a dwelling, and most of the time we refer to homes, Mm -hmm. they have each of the areas. So let's say the prosperity area, which is southeast in this case, Let's say that uh, we're talking about that. It has two numbers that when the house was built, those two numbers are there, period. It all depends on where the energy is entering the home. And that those numbers are not going to change as long as that building is up, whoever lives mm-hmm. there or works there. The third okay. number is what's evolving every year. And it's the mm-hmm. third number that determines in conjunction with those other two numbers what is the remedy that's needed to take the prosperity to 100%? Interesting. That is very interesting. And the reason why I asked that is because when I was when I was young, uh, our family really resonated with the number eight. But not just that, in our home, our home was invariably like 206, 206. That was the number that we always chose as a family because two plus six is eight mm-hmm. and somehow the zero the shunya in between it would intuitively felt as if it was the infinite mm-hmm. and we were trying to connect with the indivisible so to speak uh and so that was that sort of sparked my curiosity mm-hmm. uh and then as i look back in hindsight it was not so much our number it was probably the homes number 206 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes yeah, yes and therefore it was serving everybody living in the home yeah, yeah, exactly. So some exactly. of the the remedies that I, I let my clients know about, they're outside mm-hmm. remedies, which never change. And I tell them, I say, when you decide to move, please leave this yeah. here for the next person because it will serve them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you mentioned earlier on that, you know, feng shui did not come to you overnight and it took multiple years and probably multiple visits or consultations, right? And the third time, for some reason or the other, you had that epiphany where you felt that, you know what, this is for me. I need to dive much deeper. I need to probably dedicate my life towards uh, feng shui. So what was that epiphany for you? What happened in your life that made you really go 
uh, you know, this is this sort of makes sense. Because I also had an epiphany moment recently. I'm not sure if you've heard about human design. Yes. Human design, yeah. But I'm a human design projector, 6-2. And that over the years, right, not immediately, but over the years, all these different synchronicities and signs and uh, these intuitive hits are making me realize that, you know, human design works for me, right? So for you, what was that epiphany? Like, where were you in life and what exactly happened yeah. to you? For me, it, for was, it was a combination, um, which also included circumstances. It was, it was meant to be. So I'll, I'll right. uh, go through my, my journey. So I lost my father. And mm-hmm. that's when that huge nudge was came my way. I put my career on hold, went right. and got trained, sourced out and really resonated with, I feel so blessed to this day, this organization in Ireland called International School of Feng Shui. Mm-hmm. Their dynasty comes, their lineage comes all the way from China. They're trained in that and it's a beautiful organization. They had a school in San Diego at the time. And I put myself there and had to wait eight months until the next class came and went and got trained there. And that was it. That was good to know and continue flying. The bills had to be paid and uh, continued in my career, which I was doing by then for 15 years until three years later, I lost my mom. Mm -hmm. And now I feel that okay now I have two angels that are giving me the nudge and um, that's when I went to China got my advanced certification started my company but now I was still flying so I was doing this part-time it was beautiful I took time off few months off set up my website which is my pride and joy these are not things you can copy and paste this is my practice so i really needed the time to make it my own the information had to resonate with me it had to speak classical feng shui but mina's way and Mm -hmm. i got stuck on the name i could not think of it was not feng shui by mina or just general i got stuck all that kept coming to me in the times i would meditate is om and okay. i'm like i don't know what this message is meant to be and then the tagline came one day it was evening meditation and bringing om into feng shui so i'm getting goosebumps even revisiting that thought right now Bringing Mm -hmm. Om into feng shui. And I was like, "Ah, that's it. It's, I I can go in and do the whole bunch of mathematical calculations that classical feng shui needs. It's a lot of numbers. But I can tell them you need water here. But if I can't guide them on to why, but most importantly, how, with Mm -hmm. intention, clearing the energy in their space, to make sure there's no previous stagnant energy there, then getting them to set their intention, then guide them with mantras on how these things, if it's in your love and relationship area, is this in your children area? Is this in your health area? What mantras, how to set your intentions? It came to me and that is when the name came, Momentum. Mm-hmm. It has OM right in there. I, I was blessed. That's it. I took off from there. You could still hear the passion. And um, I, I started to focus more on, on my practice. It started to evolve. And then we hit the period where the world came standstill. 
in March of 2020. And I was home. I was not living out of a suitcase anymore. And um, for it, it, that phase means different things to different people. I'm not going to negate what we went through. But for me, mm-hmm. it was the universe's way of saying, okay, Mina, you're grounded. You're literally grounded. You're not flying anymore. And I gave it my all. That was, you know, almost two and a half years ago. And um, I am exactly where I'm meant to be. I am in such a beautiful place right now. One third of my services are feng shui, classical Mm -hmm. feng shui. One third of my services are energy clearing. When people move into homes that are pre-owned, some sickness has happened, some life altering or relationship, uh, you know, adjustments in life we clear the energy so they can embed their current intentions in it. And the other one third is my vision board programs, my intention setting programs manifesting. So it's a beautiful modality. Was Did I wake up one day and say, this is how it's going to be? No, it evolved into it and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Under human design, do you know what type you are? Like what? Uh... No. Energy type? Okay, no. got it. Got I know it. my life path number, but I don't know under human. Okay. Well, that's a conversation you and I will have one day. <laughs> now I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely for sure. Yeah, hopefully once we meet, we were actually going to do this uh, podcast in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the timings don't align at this point. And I'm also uh, working on some other project, which is why I said, you know, let's put a, put a placeholder on this. And for now, let's do an, uh, a digital session. Yes. Uh, but especially because we live in the same city, mm-hmm. we need to have an in-person session soon. And the reason why I asked is because I'm a projector myself. And according to human design, each particular archetype slash energy type has a particular strategy uh, there's a great way of doing things and there's a not way not so great way of doing things uh, but my strategy is to receive the quote-unquote invitation right and I, while i wait for that invitation i got a uh, you know I, I, it doesn't mean that i'm not doing anything i'm you know brushing my skills upgrading my mindset preparing the foundation and the systems and the processes Uh, Because my particular energy type does not have an evergreen flow of energy, Mm, if that makes sense, right? So I need to be very intentional of my energy so that I'm leveraging, using leverage to then make an impact because I'm supposed to be that guide uh, that people come to by sending me that invitation, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Now you've got me intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. For more conversations, yes. Yes, 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 for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, because sometimes um, when somebody thinks about feng shui, what comes to mind a lot of times is a home that is clutter-free, probably minimal, and good to feel, right? You, You like spending time in that home. So the question for you is, what's the difference between feng shui and having a home that's clean, clutter free Okay. First of all, they go hand in hand. Yeah. So I can go into, and I go into many spaces, mostly homes uh, along with businesses. Yeah. So I go in I, and I see a lot. So my yeah. thing is I go prepared with a binder. We go through every nook and cranny. We go through furnace rooms, basements, garage storage, but I guide them on. These are the tools we need to place. However, mm-hmm. they will only function 40, 50, 60% based on what's there unless you free up the space. 
if mm. we were to look at it, everything is energy. Everything is yeah. energy. So if we were to put it to 100%, what is uh, what is that uh, one box of files? Is it one percent? Is it five percent of the energetic space that it's occupying? Files that no longer are needed, uh, old mm-hmm. clutter. Clutter could be anything: clothes, dishes, storage things. We have clutter in many different shapes and forms. At the end of right. the day, it is hoarding that space that you could be freeing up to invite more positive vibes in. So yes, they go hand in hand. So minimalist lifestyle, I don't get hung up on that so much because we love things, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, uh, my house is not minimalist. I, I, but the key is when we need to ask the question I ask is, tell me about this, this picture, mm-hmm. um, what does it represent to you? And I see the passion in their voice. It's either mm, my my neighbor gave it to me or my sister was moving and she gave it to me. And I, I kind of even forgot it was there. That means it's mm-hmm. time for it to go. It may not be feng shui friendly, 100%. The other side is, I love it. We got it when we went to this trip or my best friend gave it to me and I love it. And I see the enthusiasm in their eyes and their voice. And it may not be 100% feng shui friendly, but this is the mm-hmm. tipping point. This is when we say, okay, perfect. Keep it. Any happy vibes that are ignited is a good thing. So clutter, it depends on how much. What is clutter? What does it consist of? And uh, if if I'm able to guide them to mm-hmm. make the energy flow a little bit easier. Got it, got it. Now, when we think about spaces, what comes to my mind is maybe a home, maybe an office space, but also the city. So do you feel that the city uh, that a person lives in can either be conducive or not so conducive, in fact, bringing you down based on your vocation, based on the type of vision that you have and the purpose that you've been put on this earth for. And what I mean is, are there any cities that are more conducive to me as an individual based on my energetic pattern? Mm-hmm. And then do you do that as well? Like saying, you know what, uh, based on uh, you know your path and, and your skills and your intention, you know what, Vancouver might not be the best for you. Why don't you try you know, going to, I don't know, Toronto or Calgary? Mm-hmm. And then a person goes to that city and then all of a sudden things begin to mm-hmm. manifest and open up for them. Have you had those incidences in the past? Um, yes and no. So you've hit the, the keyword manifest. First of all, it is all about our intention. Secondly, you know how earlier I was saying that that certain people are, um, you know, a house facing a certain way is not good, but the other way is good. So now we're talking about cities, okay? First of all, there is, unless somebody is on a spiritual path or for their career, they're limited where in this city they will not have that opportunity. That That's pretty much a no-brainer that they need to move to where. Other than that, my goal is to make sure that Emphasize on what is in the city or in this case, in this home. Shed light on what can be done as far as the location. So I will take the focus away from the city. But let's say that the house is in an area where it is not 100% feng shui friendly. Um, It's a corner home. It's at a T-section. It's got the electrical posts outside. It's uh, I did a business recently where it's in front of a casino. 
you know, so a lot of uh, heavy energy coming and going in the path of their chi uh, in front of a hospital, in front of a, 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 a funeral home, um, cemetery, schools, a lot of fast moving energy. Where is this home that we're working on or this business? within the city, okay? So I don't focus so much on the wrong city, like I said, unless it is just pretty obvious that they would be thriving if they went somewhere else or or they're on a spiritual journey, which they won't won't thrive in Vancouver or Toronto if they're on, well, they can, but you know what I mean. It would be better if they, they located where there was a lot more mountain energy, water energy, and, and just energy that serves them. But now the focus is what is outside their home? And we place remedies accordingly. So I really focus on, there's just a few times when I've said to them, you, you, it would serve you better if you were to, able to move. But most of the time, I'm about solutions. Got it, got it. Because I'm, I'm trying to think, because if you look at it from a real estate standpoint, and Vancouver is certainly a place where people really talk about real estate. When it comes to real estate, it's all about location, right? Mm-hmm. They say location, location, location. Mm-hmm. And if you speak to the real estate agent, they might say, you know what, this is the ideal place because it's in front of a school, it's two minutes from the hospital, and there's a morgue also nearby. Right. So that's those are not ideal places, is it? Is it no. because there's a lot of moving energy? Yes. Fast moving energy. Now, having all said right. that, those are not the people that I would ask for them to move. Again, for me, it's all about what is going to serve them while they enjoy this place that they got. And okay. that is that's when I turn to feng shui remedies. And the one thing I want to add is every opportunity I get, I, I add this is. In classical feng shui, the cures are so simple that mm-hmm. when you walk into the home or business, you should not be able to see anything out of place but feel the energy. So I've been referring mm-hmm. in our conversation quite a few times about remedies or recommendations or feng shui cures or tools, but they're not the foo-foo dogs outside your home or red things hanging from anywhere. That is not classical feng shui. It's definitely not my practice. What When mm. we place tools, is it metal that's needed? Is it a water feature? Is it fire? They're very simple remedies where most of the time you won't even see them. They're beautifully mm-hmm. disguised, but they're placed there with intention and the clients are seeing results. Now, I've got a two-part question. Uh, One question is, like a lot of times, maybe in a family, there's a series of maybe challenges, maybe, you know, financial challenges or maybe health-related, right? At what point, um, as somebody who's spent so many years in feng shui, do you relate it to something that has to do with the energetics versus, you know, just coincidence or maybe... Uh, like genetics, like uh, families have genetic related issues. Father has it, son has it, and the daughter has it as well. So as somebody who's outward looking inward, at what point do you say, you know what, there's something amiss with the, you know, feng shui related and energetics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of my question. And secondly, if you can dive deep into how can the events of a pastime influence the energetics of somebody or maybe a family living in that area you know if there was a violent or negative event that happened 10 years back 20 years back 30 years back 
how does that affect what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Great. So maybe questions. it's a very long question. Yeah. No, no, great question. This we're having a conversation and beautiful uh, way to dive deep into this part of it. So, first of all, yeah, we're very open about it. Feng Shui, mm-hmm. I. I'm very upfront with my clients. This is not a be all end all. This is not a magic wand. This Mm -hmm. is what we call in classical feng shui, we call it the 33% rule. Okay. Okay. So 33%. And again, me coming from Indian background, I love sharing this is 33% of it is our destiny. Period. Okay. Okay. It is there. It's just the way it is. So I won't talk much about that anymore. I think it's kind of self-explanatory. The other 33% is, what are we doing about it? Are we just mm-hmm. going to say this is destiny and it's just bad luck and leave it? Or are we actually wanting to evolve and see what our part is? The last 33%, the other 33% is the feng shui tools. Mm. We realize something is not 100%. We are doing something about it. But what is that something? That is the 33% that then I take over. And the way that we use that as an example is if somebody is destined to have a car accident, it's going to happen, period. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you've done your part. You've placed the feng shui cures. Energy is flowing, empowering you in your life journey to 100%. Will that car accident be a drastic one or but because you place the cures it'll be a minor fender bender somebody's going through sickness is it mm-hmm. going to you know a lot of times we we talk about willpower somebody's willpower worth so much information so many books have been written on it and i'm the number one uh, fan of that is you know it, it's it's how do we perceive it we recommend the tools we guide the clients to place them with intention and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're flowing through life whatever they're meant to go through and mm-hmm. as far as the energy that you mentioned in the second phase this is where the energy clearing service comes in it is so important it is not just the family's energy it could be anybody remember feng shui is working in the spaces that mm-hmm. house our beings. It is not on the soul and body, but the, the spaces, the energy that houses the soul and the, the body. Okay. So clearing that energy. Now, some of the houses are 30, 40, 50 years old, some even older. And this mm. just does not pertain to houses only. This pertains to the furniture we have in the homes. We could buy something from Craigslist. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But clear that old heavy energy. We don't know where it came from. Clear it. I have the powerful rituals that we do. Then set your intentions into it. The same applies to the home. Energy clearing is so important. I suggest heavily recommend to my clients to say that before we place the feng shui tools, let's remove the heavy energy first. Then we place the feng shui tools and then we manifest our future. So three-step formula. Mm. That's very, very true. And I think also uh, in India, there's a lot of emphasis given to uh, how 
you know, like, like something that happened in the past might influence your current, but also the importance of clearing the space. And especially with fire, right? Fire is so important and significant in India. Every home, mm-hmm. maybe whether it's a puja or some kind of other event, you bring somebody who's experienced in that and mm-hmm. they conduct that fire. I remember going back to my home uh, earlier this year and we, I, I intuitively felt drawn to doing a chakra yantra puja. It was like an advanced puja using those yantras, you know, mm-hmm. the Shri yantra and uh, after that you feel better you feel like there's some shift that has happened Um, but I think it's so important like you pointed out to not just think about the feng shui but to think about clearing energetically the space and then hitting the reboot button so to speak with the right intentions for somebody who's sitting at home right now sorry please go ahead (laughs) sorry you were there and you felt that energetic shift Immediately, because one, it was your intention. And secondly, the relatability factor, you're in this, uh, you you can pick up. Whereas somebody yeah. else sitting there with you might not have felt anything. It's the same thing no. with energy clearing. I can write books on what we've discovered when we've yeah. removed the energy. To others, some mm. other people, they might be, because I follow up. I follow up with my clients a few days after. And sometimes it's like, mm, it's okay, it's fine. But then again, that's fine. We've done our part. I know the energy shifted. It is just their mm. level of awareness. They're not everybody's walking the same walk, right? So I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that you you had that wonderful experience and, uh, how, and especially yeah. back in Motherland. So, Well, thanks to Google also, right? Because... Now I'm Googling all these different pujas that you have to do and all these different shlokas that you have to yeah. be intentional and specific about. And all of a sudden I'm saying, can you do this? Can you do this? And the, the pujari is like, how do you know all of this? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. thanks to the internet, right? But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, it speaks to also within a family, not everyone might be energetically inclined to sensing what is amiss, right? And partly I think it's because of our education system we're taught to really discount our intuition. We're taught to not rely upon our hunches mm-hmm. and our thought streams and the intuitive downloads that we're is so natural to us as children. We're just taught like, you know what, you just work hard and things will work better, right? Yes, and yeah. yes, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Mind shifting. It's shifting now. You know, the last few years, I think we've had a major reset and and we yeah. are definitely going more that way. And um, that takes me back to something else now. I hope I'm not throwing you. We could talk forever, but I hope I'm not throwing no, you over your curriculum here. But uh, it takes <laughs> me back to the very first line on my website. And it's mm-hmm. there for a reason. And it's West meets East. You know, Mm -hmm. I I grew up here. I I love where I am. But at the same time, you know, from what I know from the 50s, 60s, and I'll just speak of Indian experience. I had a few uncles that came to North America to be doctors, and then they ended up staying here. And this is the Eastern culture always, and Philippines too. It was all about the the karaoke and the uh, a Mm. lot of Western influence, Hollywood. You know, it was was great. It was great. Okay. That's true. Not negating that. Right now I'm Mm -hmm. talking about something a little different that is, you know, we didn't have, we didn't give value. We were always looking for medicine. 
out from mm. the West, right? We didn't give yeah. value to all these rituals. My goodness. And right now, where are we turning to? Ayurveda, meditation, yoga, acupressure, uh, uh, pressure, acupuncture. There is so much that we're going to, going back to the way it was, these rituals. Yeah. You know, a simple thing as placing a bowl of salt or a grid around our houses or not taking your shoes inside back in India, which my my grandmother, I watched her doing, made no sense to me as a child. But now it's the exact same thing in the realm of energy that we preach. How much power simple salt has alone? Holistic. (laughs) That's very true. That, that's true as well, because when I was young, I used to go to my grandmom's house on my mom's side. And what she would do every time I would go there, she would cook these spices, right? And she would put like all these different spices and salt as well. And she would put that into a, a paper bowl and she would mess that paper. And then she would ask me to stand. And then she would put that paper around my body, right? Making a circle multiple times. And she would pray. And then she would spit into that paper and she would throw it away. The evil. Telling yeah. nobody to touch that. Yeah. And I would feel better. Yeah. So much so that, because I didn't believe it deep down, because we are encouraged to discount all these different things. But that is a shamanic practice, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's a shamanic practice. Mm-hmm. And then years down the line, I actually asked her to do it when I was older. <laughs> because yes, now yes. I knew that there is true medicine in those practices. Yes. And that happens all over India. And I'm sure all over the world, every person has tribal origins, but we tend to discount that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people should go back to their, you know, their heritage, their origins. Yes, yes. And, you know, if, uh, if, if I just had more hours in the day, I would just, you know, dive deep into all this is so fascinating. And imagine how many rituals there are that that yeah. we could use to our advantage instead of just, you know, this is life and just kind of dragging our feet through it. Right. But yeah, yeah. I, I remind myself often, Mina, your your focus is feng shui, energy clearing and manifesting. So <laughs> don't distract too much. But it, it, like I said, it, it, it does, uh, you know, at yeah. times it does intrigue me. So how does uh, feng shui help with um, relationships, particularly maybe healing within a family mm-hmm. or maybe a series of a person having so many like breakups or divorces yeah, so- or maybe somebody's trying to, you know, find somebody yeah. suitable, the right person, compatible, or maybe some cases and it's so, f- you know, so common these days where, you know, mom and child is not speaking. Mom and father, uh, the child and father have like a distraught relationship, mm-hmm. right? And you, from the outset, you're like, everything is perfect. But then there's something, right, from a relationship standpoint, energetically is not working out. Mm-hmm. How does feng shui, you know, influence and nurture this imbalance, so to speak? Yeah, so in feng shui, there are nine areas. There are nine areas and they all apply to uh, life cycles. Uh, One Mm -hmm. is uh, family and community. So we, when there's issue, I get a questionnaire filled. It's a four page questionnaire, very easy to fill, but detailed. I need to know all that information. And then I focus on the top three things first and then divide the time equally into the other six. One is family and community. 
So if somebody had the issues that you mentioned, might not be speaking to the parents or uh, some siblings or something, that's the one I would then ask them more detailed questions. If somebody is seeking a single and seeking to find the perfect partner for themselves based on where they are in their life path, then there Mm -hmm. is an area for love and relationship. Okay. okay. So if somebody's married and they're wanting to strengthen their relationship, then we place everything in twos in the same area, certain crystals. I work heavily with crystals. I only work with eight, not the other 200, because that's really all I need. One for each area. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Citrine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I love it. That's the only one that I have behind me, too, as you can see. And of course, selenite. So to clear everything out. Sorry, this is calcite. This is orange calcite. Oh, calcite. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yes. Yes. Sorry, please go ahead. (laughs) No, no. no. I'm glad that you're it's right next to you. And that's the key. A lot of times people have crystals and they either don't know or they've kind of just put them away somewhere. To me, that represents disrespect. So anybody that's on my social media they know i'm constantly reminding them every two weeks charge your crystals every two weeks now it's new moon embed new intentions in them use them they're beautiful Mm, gifts so going back to the question about relationships if somebody's needing to strengthen then i would recommend a certain crystal but in pairs and then there's different rituals so there is then there comes the center which is for self-love so different from love in relationships So we focus on the center, which crystal is for the center, which remedy is needed. What are the numbers based on their calculations that I've done? I go prepared with the binder. And the first thing the client looks at is is the binder. And they're like, "Uh oh, this is going to get complicating. And and I know years later now, I I put their mind at ease within five minutes. I'm like, we will go through everything, but it is going to be fun. It is going to be so easy to follow. By the time I'm done, I'm getting hugs and they're prepared. And it's easy to follow, but it's detailed. And we focus on each one of those areas. So in this case, the center. Mm. Yeah, I definitely do agree. Crystals uh, are very special. And I've had a very powerful relationship with crystals over the years, uh, say at least 10 years now. Mm. And uh, I get drawn to crystals a lot. And uh, I try to stay away from crystal shops. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like his crystal expos, because I end up buying many crystals, only the ones that I'm particularly drawn to, though. And uh, the thing with me is I, I, I I tend to put my crystals in my pocket all day long. And sometimes, you know, it's the other extreme where you keep your crystals close to you so much that sometimes they crack, you know, if, if you're like not careful mm-hmm. or if the crystal is very brittle. Yes. Uh, but yeah. 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 It depends <laughs> on which one, but yes, uh, I, I would highly recommend, uh, I don't know if you're using clear quartz, but clear quartz for manifesting. That's the one that I talk about in my manifesting courses. So for people that can't afford to get, you know, or they're, they're new, they're new to the journey of connecting with crystals, clear quartz we call it the mother of all crystals you can manifest with it and it's a great crystal for health as well amazing i mean i love quartz i have rose quartz i've got smoky quartz mm. um and this one i think is not quartz exactly but it's uh it's like it's i think it's, it's a herkimer Her- Her- oh. Her- or something along those lines oh. yeah. uh now um mina you've also said somewhere that um a person's space is a tangible representation of their mind. So can you elaborate on that? Well, I, I'd like for you to shed more light on your question. In what way do you mean? 
Um, well, I, I, I saw maybe in a blog that you've written, you said that a person's space, you know, whether it's highly cluttered or whether it's minimal and, you know, clutter-free is like a, it stands for or is like a symbolism mm-hmm. or as an extension of their mind. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, if, if the home is very cluttered, something is going on there as well. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, do you, do you, uh, do you agree with that? Do you st- uh, still support Most that? Definitely. Or? But having said okay. that, I'm not going to walk in there and say, well, this is happening because you're like this. My delivery is actually very, very important to me. And I perfected it yeah. to a point where I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. I get the message across without making anybody feel, um, you know, the first thing is they will start apologizing. And it's like, don't worry about it. I've been in many spaces. I'm not here to judge. That right Mm -hmm. away puts their mind at ease. Now, going back to your question, yes, a lot of times it is what they're going through in life. Their space is a representation of that. But I am not there to finger point. I am there to provide solutions. So in that case, you could have the two same direction facing homes. And depending on the two people that live there, two individuals or families that live there, my delivery will be very different. I take them from here to here. My goal is mm-hmm. not to overwhelm them, but I need to start showing them some, like, because I call this a beautiful energetic dance. No matter where the person is in their journey, whether they already are living clutter-free and they know about feng shui and the power of energy and they want to elevate it, or somebody starting feng shui 101, where are they and where do I need to take them next? The energetic mm-hmm. dance, I show them, it's like, Take this first step. It's as simple as that. Let's do this, this, and this. Energy will appreciate it. It will notice a difference. It will appreciate it. Energy is not something we can see, but Mm -hmm. you will wake up tomorrow or a week from now feeling empowered because energy appreciated it. You get empowered. Now you do another two things. Mm-hmm. And energy appreciates that. And then you get more encouraged. It's a beautiful dance. And I start them from where they are, regardless of, you know, what's going on. And most uh-huh. of the time when they're doing the work, I hold them accountable. I, I tell them very upfront in a nice way. I am here as your guide with tools. I am here to hold your hand. But nothing right. will change just because Mina was here. Or Feng Shui mm-hmm. was uh, introduced to you unless you do the work. So the ones yeah. that I know are asking questions are the ones that are seeing the shift in their life because they're doing the work. They have to do the work. That's very true. It all begins with asking a question. And uh, in terms of asking a question, even Google cannot help you, right? Because Google only provides the answers. You need to ask the question. You need to put that search keyword Mm -hmm. without which even the vast library of google cannot help you but if you ask that question then i think it's very powerful Mm -hmm. Uh, and also the type of questions that you ask Mm -hmm. is very powerful right you can either ask i'm going to add to that aditya this is a beautiful opportunity so what happens is sadly a lot of Mm -hmm. times clients by the time they get to me they are confused Okay, Mm -hmm. because they typed certain questions about feng shui. So let's just go back to that. And they got many different answers. It's like same thing we can say in the realm of uh, meditation or yoga. It's the same thing. There is so much information out there. Now, there's also four or five different modalities that are in feng shui, but then there's many offshoots of it from there as well. 
And yeah. one will tell them this, and then the other one will. And I just tell them, follow one. Follow mm -hmm. one with your heart. And if right. you need more clarification, I'm here with Classical Feng Shui to provide the accurate calculations based on your space. But if this is not working for you, then just don't confuse yourself. Follow one. Follow Google one is our friend, but sometimes we can overwhelm ourselves. Yeah. Yes. No, that's true. That's very true. That's very true. I think it can help build awareness. But then at a certain time, you need to, you know, make a choice yes. and go down that path until um, until you have more clarity around that. So mm -hmm. very, very true. Um, and, and also what I wanted to say was, you know, having a podcast like, like mine, I've been doing podcasts for the last uh, eight years now, and I've completed 500 episodes. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about uh, being in this place is that I get to reach out to people, right? Like yourself. And also when I wanted to learn about human design, I reached out to Evelyn Levinson. Um, and, and she said, yes. And I find that when I need something in my life intuitively, it just so happens that I get in contact with the right person. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I got to do some decluttering in my home, you know, and uh, maybe it's, it's, uh, you know, our interaction has come at just the opportune moment where I get a nudge to further minimize and let go mm -hmm. of things. Um, maybe emotions and thoughts that are no longer serving me, right? Yes, yes. So um, a lot of things are related to different areas. So without going too too much into it, so for example, you use the word emotions, and uh, yeah. you know it could be certain type of papers. Um, start small. Start small. This is what I tell my clients: start small. Don't get overwhelmed. First of all, uh, the ones that that shift everything in one weekend, it's too much movement and energy too. We don't recommend that either. That's true. Second Secondly, you know, start with the utility drawer in the kitchen. Start with the desk drawer. Start with one uh, one shelf in a in a dresser or in the closet. You'd be amazed at how much you know you can get rid of in those spaces, and then you will start to feel lighter. Only the people mm. that practice it know the difference. They will feel lighter, <laughs> guaranteed. I I hear it all the time, and then they can right. encourage. So don't get overwhelmed and strip the whole room and just put it back again saying another day because that's not serving the purpose so start in your own space as well start small and you will when you open that drawer the next time and everything's in its place and it's got beautiful energy you will get empowered to do the same thing somewhere else next time that's true right i guess when you declutter and your house is like beautiful spick and span minimal then it opens up so many things in your mind and all of a sudden you have a new belief about yourself mm -hmm. you have more self-confidence yes and then you're able to tackle life's challenges in a much more simplistic manner right you mentioned earlier about the car accident yes there are certain things that are outside of our control but there are certain things within our control also mm -hmm. how we react how our nervous system is regulated and relaxed yes well, the, you know, the, the saying life happens, it, it's how we perceive it, right? It's the same thing. Then energy empowers you. Energy empowers you. That's my focus is to mm -hmm. create beautiful, harmonious energy in spaces. And um, the rest will happen whenever it's meant to be. We at least were prepared. That is very, very true. And I think maybe <clears throat> being of Indian origin, being an Indian, uh, you would... Uh, appreciate the 
terminology of karma, right? Because I think in the West, karma is for the most part looked at negatively. Mm-hmm. But in India, we realize that karma has two sides. It's not just about what's happening to you. Uh, what's happening is the result of something, something that you did long back, mm-hmm. maybe in this life or a previous life as well. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is you have karma, but you have dharma as well. Mm-hmm. Things that you can do right now based on, right? What is your vision and what's your responsibility, your role? So much of it is within your control. Mm-hmm. It's not all out of your control. Yeah, but remember, we have to take that first step. It's a, then we need to. And I am a big advocate of it in my manifesting courses too. It's it's but you know I, in the Western world we use the term it comes back tenfold. So I'll use that. But really, we mm. shouldn't be doing that in in the, with the perception that it will come back tenfold. Do your part. The universe delivers sometimes in many different ways that we don't even think of but it delivers it recognizes our efforts and this is yeah. this is why I, I call it my calling it it truly truly is my calling and i call, i consider it the biggest gift at this right. phase in my life i am able to serve of course we all earn a living it's i'm not going to you know downplay that but what a beautiful blessing to be doing this and, and shifting people's lives and just going mm-hmm. into their homes, giving them hope and hope in a, in a way where they can do things and then start to feel the difference. It's not false hope either, right? So, Yeah, that's very true. Opening up does not necessarily mean you uh, are achieving your goals. Opening up means allowing the universe to then work for you and and you know, maybe create something that's bigger than the opportunity that you thought about in yes. your limited mind. And and some of it, leave it, leave it. You know, this is the, again in, in the manifesting courses is don't limit yourself. Don't limit mm. yourself. Put it out, but don't limit yourself. It's a fine balance between the two. Sometimes we take so much control. You know, I myself remember in my 30s and 40s, I was a go, go, go. And, you know, I will do the, if it basically my motto was if it's to be, then it's up to me. But where was the room for the universe to deliver? We are, like you said earlier, you know, we're taught in schools, it's numbers driven, it's career oriented. And in grade nine, we start to worry about what is a child going to be studying in university and so much pressure, which is fine on its own. But where is the, the space for the universe to create? We take so much in our own hands that that's, mm-hmm. that's the part where we say, manifest it manifest it and and leave it and and we always end it with the higher good of everybody mm-hmm. you know that's uh, that that's the way it should be that's where the universe has space to do its magic so for somebody who's sitting at home right now or maybe they're in transit maybe they're listening to this episode uh, in the car which a lot of people do mm-hmm. they listen to it in the car uh, but if somebody is there right now and they're like, I want to start, um, you know, clearing my home, any advice that you have uh, in terms of, you know, what they can use or something small that they can do at their home mm-hmm. to start the process of clearing? Yeah, I could go on and on, but let's see, we can keep it simple. So this is the time of the year where we're into fall now and um, it's, we have a lot of dead plants and shrubs outside of our homes and uh, or, you know, people living in condos or office buildings that may have balconies as well on the balcony. That represents dead energy. Energy enters from those spaces. We focus heavily on in feng shui on how to distribute the energy inside, but we first have to invite it from outside. 
So mm. what is that path? If there's five houses on the street, where is energy going to enter? It's the one that's going to be show pride of ownership. It's going to be the one that's kept, you know, beautiful ambience in the front. So really focus on the front door. Get rid of some of those summer things that are dead and on their way out. On that note, I, I see this often, is once those plants are taken out, then there's empty pots sitting for six, six months in the front uh, outside the door. That resembles emptiness in feng shui. That represents opportunities not being fulfilled. So if those pots are sitting empty, take them to the back until the next year. Invite energy in. Really focus on inviting energy in. And another thing is the toilet seats and the bathroom doors closed. That is the biggest drainage of energy in feng shui. So close the bathroom doors. We So much energy escapes through the open uh, drainage system in the sinks and then the toilets. Keep that toilet lid down. It is one of the top 10 feng shui things that's easily uh, able to, uh, you know, we can easily uh, do it ourselves and keep that door closed. Got it. Got it. And so what lies ahead for you in 2022 now? I know time is just passing by so quickly (laughs) ever since the pandemic. Uh, But what lies ahead for you for the rest of the year? Just doing what I'm doing. I love it. I love it. I just completed my feng shui vision board course. I had aimed for 40. I had 42 participants. We had to move to a bigger location. And uh, now I'm doing one virtually. Then we're creating a wealth was in November. And uh, uh, until December, it's go, go, go. And then comes the January to March, April, I'm busy with all the annual clients. They want to reset. They're already getting in line, reset, revisit their intentions. And uh, so those four months, I don't take any new clients. So for me, I'm in my happy zone, just taking no pressure, no, um, you know, goal setting to the dollars and cents part, goal setting in my mind about manifesting for myself and my clients, but no stress. Amazing, amazing. And I'm sure that by now people who are listening to this episode now have uh, a different or a more better understanding of uh, feng shui as well as the things that you shared, the applications, the differences, the nuances, the mindset, and also the questions that you need to ask when it comes to uh, learning about this amazing ancient uh, modality and practice. before we close off, what is that one thing that you are grateful for right now? And uh, how can somebody learn more about you? One thing I'm grateful for is this blessing. This blessing, it, it just, it comes to me. I, mm-hmm. I am passionate about spreading the word on, on energy, whether it's feng shui, whether it's energy clearing, whether it's manifesting, setting your intentions, crystals, moon energy. I I am just in the best place, best time of my life. And I express gratitude every morning and every evening. And if somebody wants to get in touch with me, it's my way of giving back. I'm on social media. I post every single day on there or my assistant does. I give her the content. And uh, we're on Instagram under Momentum Feng Shui. We're on Facebook under Momentum Feng Shui. We're on LinkedIn. And uh, I post every day. It's for every one person that asks a question, there's many others that can benefit from it. And like I said, that's my way of giving back. And if anybody is uh, missed out the, on the in-person uh, Feng Shui vision board, it's a, we call it six months to success. 
There's another one that's coming up in October with by popular demand because um, people were like, what about us? We're virtual. So that one's happening end of October and they can get in touch with me if they have any questions and uh, I'm here to assist. Amazing, amazing. We'll have all these links up in the show notes for sure. Action Tribe, if you liked this episode, then make sure you take a few minutes to write us an iTunes rating and review. Uh, if you're on Spotify, make sure you review our podcast and tell your friends, family members, or maybe your acquaintances about our podcast, uh, because the more you share, the more we grow. And uh, I don't use like Facebook ads or whatever to grow this show because I believe in the power of our audience. And that's how we grow, right? So please keep sharing this, keep recommending our podcast to people that you come across. Um, if you would like to support us, I'd like to let you know that we've launched our new blog as well. So right now we're writing a lot of content around breath work and uh, cold exposure and spirituality and energy healing, detailed content, step by step, as well as resources that are going to help you in your life, right? So make sure you go to my7chakras.com com and uh, consume the content and be happy right if you'd like to email me for some feedback if you'd like to reach out my email is aj at my seven chakras.com that's aj at my seven chakras.com and once again mina thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the power and promise and the amazing things about feng shui and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you aditya i'm blessed for this opportunity thank you Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at my7chakras.com. That is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.